Hello, hello, and welcome to Self Care is Sexy. My name is Chris, and I'll be your host. We're a podcast that's here to generate and share self care ideas with each other. Last episode, I talked all about how to make self care the priority, even if you're super duper busy and you've never really made self care a priority in the past. This is a great episode to help with real tools on how to juggle life, responsibilities, and self-care. I even talk about what to expect when you're making that change in your life and you're starting to prioritize the self-care. So if making time for yourself is hard for you right now, or if you find yourself really struggling, listen to that last episode for some really great ideas to get you started. I want to give you a quick preview of what you can expect from today's show. So today, I want to address people-pleasing, which has been my personal main issue that has prevented me from self-care. And over the years doing the podcast, I've learned so much about people-pleasing, and I just want to share it with others that might be struggling as well. So I'm going to give you ideas on how to stop being a people-pleaser and give you specific self-care tips on how you can heal from being such an intense people-pleaser as I once was. But real quick, we've got some housekeeping notes for you. All right, welcome back. Today, I want to talk about the concept of people-pleasing and why it is so bad for us, how we can stop doing it, and then give you some specific ways that you can get self-care that are going to help you heal from being a chronic people-pleaser. But before I get to all that, I just wanted to talk briefly about kind of what people-pleasing is and, and why this is such an important topic to me. And if you if you know what people-pleasing is, if you're aware of these behaviors, it's just something that contributes to getting in the way of self-care. And if you don't know my story or how I got started with this podcast, I'll just share. I was in an extremely toxic relationship that was extremely codependent, but I didn't really know it. I didn't really have the the concept. So I went to counseling. My counselor requested that I start going to CODA, which is Codependency Anonymous. And it's it's set up very much like AA or Al-Anon. And I had never heard of it. I'd never really heard the term codependency. It, It was new to me. And again, this was years and years and years ago. But for me, it was like sort of this aha moment. And when she told me, like, I just want you to go to six of these meetings And if after the six meetings you think it's horseshit and you don't want to be there anymore, you can stop and we'll just – we'll continue on our therapy sessions. And when I first got there, I really started to despise the people. I started to hate it. I was like, these people are depressing. The subject matter has nothing to do with me. I don't – I cannot connect with these people at all. But after just a few short meetings, I started listening to people's stories and I was like, oh, shit – this is me. I'm codependent. I'm a people pleaser. And I used to hide that behavior and that trait by saying that I was very empathic. So when you hear someone describing themselves as an empath, watch out. They may not know that what they're doing is actually very toxic behavior. They might not even know what it's called. They might not have the terminology for it. So be kind to other people. And If you are the people pleaser, if this is something that you are struggling with, I just want to tell you that it's something that you don't even realize is bad for you. It's very much like, you know, a benign thing that seems really good 
but underneath it all, it's really, really bad for you. So over the years, I, you know, continued with therapy, continued with going to CODA, continued working on myself. And, you know, as this podcast has has gained popularity and I've done a lot of interviews and I've talked to a lot of people about self-care, I began to see this direct correlation between people-pleasing and the inability to prioritize self-care. So I really want to talk about this today because it's something that I'm still working on and I wanted to show the listeners out there that if it's something that you're struggling with, there is another side. There is a way to heal from it. And if you listen to the last show about prioritizing self-care and you felt yourself like nodding along like, yes, this is so hard for me to take care of myself first. Like maybe you get some self-care now and again, but you're not making it a daily routine, a daily practice or a daily priority because you constantly have so much going on that involves helping other people. And that's a huge sign of people pleasing. So first of all, let's talk about how we identify if we are the people pleaser. Um, Because this is really important that you know what it is, that you know that it's not good for you. And then again, I'm going to get to the self-care options that are going to help you, you know, kind of heal from that. Because if you've been a chronic people pleaser for a long time, there is some underlining trauma that you need to deal with, that you need to heal. And it's going to be a little shaky to bring it up, but it's well, well worth the work. So... How do you know if you are the people pleaser? How can you tell? Well, it's really important that you recognize the traits of being a people pleaser. And I've got the top five traits of people pleasing. Now, the caveat before I get into these five traits is that if you find yourself like, yes, I do that, this only becomes an issue that you want to start working on, whether it's through therapy, through CODA, through whatever kind of method you're going to use to heal it, if these traits are creating the inability to do self-care. That's the line. That's how you tell if your behavior or your trait is just a normal trait of your personality or if it's crossed the line and it's gone into toxic behavior. So the top traits of people pleasers. Number one, they cannot, we cannot say no. Because the biggest reason people pleasers can't say no is that they're afraid of conflict. They're constantly seeking, wanting to be liked. And they want to avoid conflict at all costs. Because This creates this huge conundrum because you can't say no because if you do, you're going to create conflict. And it turns out that if you have a really hard time saying no or turning down opportunities, you're just going to burn yourself out. You're going to take on too much and run ragged and you'll never make self-care the priority. All because you're afraid to deal with conflict. And this goes right in line with the inability to build boundaries or to set boundaries or to tell someone if something's bothering you. You like, you wave yourself off in order to not offend other people. And you commit yourself to all these different things because you're so concerned that if I say no, I'm going to let someone down. Well, it turns out when you're so concerned about not letting other people down, 
you're actually manipulating them. You're trying to control them. You're not allowing them to have the other half of the equation, which is you say no, they get a chance to be pissed. They get a chance to respond and react. And then you get to decide, is that important to me or not? Is that something that is is that I need to address or not? So if you really find yourself not able to say no when people ask you to do things, or worse, if you're really deep into your chronic people-pleasing, you don't even get the chance to say no because you're just randomly offering up your services to help others. So that's another little trait. Number two, you really try to get people to like you. I talked about this a little bit in number one, but overly caring what other people think about you is a dead giveaway that you're a people pleaser, especially, especially if it means that you're trying to convince people that you are really nice or trusting or giving when you don't have to be. And this kind of behavior can be super dangerous. This can be really toxic. Think about it. If you're constantly worrying about what other people think about you and you're constantly trying to get other people to like you, you're not really authentically being yourself. And those people aren't really authentically having a relationship with you. They're having a relationship with the idea of what you think they want, which makes you super agreeable and lovable until you actually come up against something that you, you know, a boundary you can't cross, right? And then people are like, well, who the fuck are you? They, it feels like you're Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Jackass. You've got two different personalities. And, and the people you get into relationship with are like, I feel fucking bamboozled. Who am I actually with? So, it starts out really benign. And again, this is, is something you really have to watch the line. It's okay to want people to like you. That's not in and of itself a, tr- a toxic trait. It only becomes a toxic trait when you go past trying to get people to like you and it interferes with your ability to take care of yourself, to do the things that are a priority to you. And if you're new to self-care and you're like, I don't know what my priorities are, that's a really good place to start. Just tell everybody to fuck off and figure out what's important to you. That's where you start. And if you're like, I can't do that, people will get pissed. Well, there you go. That's how you tell if it's a trait of your personality versus a toxic behavior of people-pleasing. Number three, a trait of a people-pleaser is that you're agreeing with everyone to keep the peace. You're constantly, you know, you're Switzerland, you're super neutral. And, you know, again, being agreeable is 100% okay. That's a good thing, right? We need more people to kind of see both sides of the, the, the coin and be able to, you know, speak different languages and not literal languages, but you know, like the way other people speak and communicate. So being in the center is not bad. And it's, it's not a, it's not a toxic trade. If agreeing with everyone or or trying to keep the peace or whatever doesn't interfere with taking care of yourself. So, for example, if you're in the midst of a situation where you've got two family members that don't get along and you're like, you know, again, Switzerland, you can see both sides of of the story. You're like, well, I understand why mom's mad and I understand why my sister's mad and I get why they're fighting and this makes sense to me. But it becomes a toxic people-pleasing trait that goes over the line when being neutral stomps all over your boundaries and stomps on 
all over your mental health. When mom's, you know, screaming at the top of her lungs about what a piece of shit the sister is and you're in the middle and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But it makes you feel horrible because you don't actually think your sister's a piece of shit. Does that make sense? When you're agreeing with everybody, when you're just like, yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, I think that too. If you don't truly have a foundation of what you actually think and you're just agreeing with other people, it's dangerous. Again, it gets back into like that shadow self where you're projecting this idea of you instead of the real you, which, spoiler alert, fast forward to the Chris notes, when you're authentically being yourself, more people will actually like you in addition to the right people will actually like you. When you start breaking the cycle of chronic people-pleasing, you're going to lose some people in your life, and that's okay. Those are the people who cannot handle you being you, and you don't need people around you that don't like you, the authentic you. Number four, one of the biggest, it is absolutely the top five trait of a people-pleaser is we say sorry all the time. We apologize all the time. And this should be number one because it's the easiest way to tell if someone's a big-time people pleaser. And this is definitely my biggest challenge. So many people, if you've ever met me, if we've ever hung out, if you listen to me talk on the podcast for a long time, I chronically say sorry for things that are absolutely not my fault. And this is a big, big deal. When you say sorry for things that you didn't do wrong, and when you say sorry when it's inappropriate, this actually creates a sense of weakness, and it creates this perpetual guilt within you. Now, here's a sneaky little tip. You sometimes say sorry to avoid conflict when you sense it's brewing. It's like a preemptive measure. You like pre-apologize to whatever might create chaos. That's how you know it's the difference between a trait, like, oh, I just say sorry all the time, and it's a toxic trait of a people pleaser, is that when you're actually trying to apologize prior to conflict arising, or you're saying sorry for things that that don't require an apology. And I have a bunch of different ways on how you can stop saying sorry all the time and stop apologizing for things that are not your fault, that are not in your control. And I get into that deep rabbit hole in another podcast. If you're really curious about those tips, just go to my website, www.selfcareissexy.com, search in sorry on the website browser and it'll pull up all the episodes of the podcast that mention apologizing and sorry. Number five, last but not least on my top five toxic traits of people pleasers is that you feel responsible for how other people feel. And this is a big one, my friends. If you put the responsibility of everyone else's mood on what you're doing or not doing for them, if you put that on yourself, you burn out trying to do so much for others to make them happy. But you have zero time and energy for your own self-care because you're a people pleaser. Now, this is extremely important for everyone to hear, regardless if you think you're a people pleaser or not. If you've popped into this podcast and you want to learn more about self-care, This is something everyone needs to know. You're not responsible for how other people feel. 
Now, you can't say hateful shit to make somebody purposely feel bad. You can't put people down and go around, you know, purposely trying to make them feel bad. That's different. But you are also not responsible for people feeling happy or feeling, you know, safe or any of that. We all love to try and help the people around us because we love them. We care about them. And that's okay. That's a normal personality trait. That's fine. But again, when it crosses the line is when being responsible for how the people around you feel gets in the way of you having time and energy to take care of yourself. Because really, I'll just get down to the, like, the brass tacks on this one. When I was a chronic people pleaser, and it was really bad, I spent so much time and energy on all these different people in my life and making them feel good and making them feel important and checking in on them. And when I really made self-care the priority and I really drilled down into my own issues and really took a clear look at the things I needed to work on to be a better person, it dwindled the list from like probably 10, 15 people I was consistently, you know, engaging with on a, on a daily or at least, you know, weekly basis to try and help them feel good. And it got down to about like four. That's the vast difference between toxic people-pleasing behavior and like normal personality trait. When it really came down to it, there's about four people in my life that I genuinely want to make sure that I'm contributing to helping them feel better. But I only do that. Again, this is the caveat, friends. I only do that after I have gotten the self-care that I need. After I have filled my cup, I don't do anything outside of taking care of me first unless I have it above and beyond my own emotional satisfaction. Because if you get into the habit of trying to help other people feel good, but you yourself aren't working on your own feelings, whatever you're helping them with is futile because it's fake and you can't sustain it. And you get into a toxic cycle of them expecting it. And then when you finally wake up and be like, oh my God, I haven't done anything for myself in months, and you recluse to try and recover, they're like pissed because you've developed this dynamic with them. Rightfully so. They're used to this. You've been giving them this freely. They're not waiting to be asked if somebody needs help. They're offering it. That is the biggest if, if I could give you any tip that you walk away, like listen to this and turn the podcast off, that's fine. Stop offering up your help, your energy, your time, your money, your resources to other people if you are not getting self-care for yourself first. Nobody is expecting it from you. All right. I went on my little rant. Let's bring it back to, back to reality. Those top five traits of people pleasers. Number one, you can't say no. Number two, you're trying to get people to like you. Number three, you agree with everyone to keep the peace. Number four, you say sorry all the time. Number five, you feel responsible for how other people feel. Now, real quick, before I get to the specific self-care tips for healing from chronic people-pleasing, I want to talk about why people-pleasing is not good for you. Now that you've got that foundation built of like what it is and how to spot it, this is why you're going to stop 
with the people pleasing. Number one, you don't see the disrespect. Like most times when you're a people pleaser and you're too much into what others think about you, you're not seeing how much you're actually disrespecting yourself. You're not seeing how much you're letting other people railroad you. And you're not seeing how toxic you're actually being. Because again, People-pleasing is one of the most manipulative, selfish things that a person can do. You're really trying to control how others think about you and how they respond to you. And it's so inauthentic. That's why it's so bad for you. Like I said before, it's dangerous. It creates these really toxic power dynamics in relationships where people become dependent on you to make them feel good. And it's so it's so damaging. It rips relationships apart. Number two, if you're a chronic people pleaser, you are absolutely susceptible to guilt trips. And if you've ever been guilt tripped, you know that shit can get you to do anything. It can make you spin your head around and feel fucking crazy. It takes you out of your center so quickly. And think about that. If you're susceptible to someone else's guilt trip, you are easily manipulated, right? Like you're manipulating other people to like you, but you on the other hand are very easily manipulated to get you to do things you might not want to do or have time or energy to do because you're so susceptible to people guilt tripping you. And believe me, Manipulative, narcissistic people, they can smell that a mile away. You're like fresh blood to a shark. They're just like, ooh, you're susceptible to guilt trips? Great. You should give me all the money in your bank account because you promised you were going to help me, right? Like that shit is for real. I'm telling you. Number three, why it's not good for you is that it disables your ability to actually generate your own self-worth from within, Because if your identity is wrapped up in, like, helping other people, which is, like, that is the main trait that people pleasers do, when you're not helping someone, you feel lost. Like, I don't know what to do now. What, you know, or worse, you feel bad that you're not doing something for somebody all the time or you're not helping others all the time. So you take on more to feel like you're a good person. And this is extremely important that you realize how dangerous this is. If your self-worth comes from what you're doing from other people as opposed to coming from within yourself, that means you can get jacked around by the outside world. But when you can generate it from within, when you can feel worthy just standing here, breathing, knowing you're a good person, man, you become fucking indestructible. Nothing can break you. Nothing can get to you because you generate it and no one can take it away. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are around you. You feel good about yourself. You feel worthy about yourself just because you're here. That is the biggest difference in my life from being a chronic people pleaser to now making self-care the priority is that before, when I was a chronic people pleaser, if somebody told me, oh my God, you're being like too extra, right? I really took that to heart and I would change my behavior. I would start making myself small. I would start, you know, criticizing myself. And now, now that I've made self-care the priority and I've really started to generate my own self-worth from within, somebody can say anything they fucking want to me and it just rolls off my back because I know whether it's true or not. So now if someone were to come up to me and be like, oh my God, you're so extra, I'd be like, damn right I am. You want on this bus or what? Listen to my podcast. (laughs) You know, like that is truly how it is when you meet me. And this is a dramatic change. I feel like a different person 
living the same life. Like when I look back at me as a chronic people pleaser, fuck you guys, I am a totally different person. Like if you knew me, you know, 10 years ago, no, you didn't. You don't know me. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's how different and dramatic it is between chronic people pleasing and making self-care the priority. There's a huge difference. Number four, the reason that chronic people pleasing is not good for you is because you chase after people who don't appreciate you. So this goes back to what I just said about the shark smelling blood. People who don't appreciate you are going to sense that you're a people pleaser, that you're codependent, that you're this empath, right? They're going to sense that you're willing to, you, you, you take what they say as so much more important than how you feel about yourself. And for me, this was such a toxic trait that I was repeating. It was like this familiar pattern, a cycle of destruction and dysfunction all the time. Like, oh, you don't like me or appreciate me? What did I do? What can I do to fix it? How can I make you love me? How do I make you nicer to me? You know, how how can I actually make you think I'm I'm cool so that I can feel good? Right? Do you get how toxic that is? You you get into the suck hole of trying to get these other people to like you And you stop ignoring what actually makes you feel good. And it's a trap for both of us. Like both people involved in this scenario are in a trap. The person on the outside who is the recipient of this overly anxious to please mentality, they, you know, they are getting trapped by this false persona of you. And you're getting trapped by chasing this dragon of like, I just want you to like me. And it turns out you cannot get these kinds of people to like you. You, They will seek you out because, again, you have a very certain way about you. They can see you a mile away. And their dysfunctional cycle includes a person like you. So don't think you're this special snowflake, right, with your your people-pleasing traits. There's a lot of us out here who are working on it, actively working on it, to avoid this kind of dysfunction. And I'm getting to how you're going to stop that in just a second. But number five, the last last reason on my list of why people-pleasing is not good for you is that it's just selfishness in disguise, So I've said this a couple times throughout the podcast, but I believe it it, it deserves its own bullet point. And that is people-pleasing at its core is just manipulation. It's manipulation to control the way other people see you so that you can avoid conflict. Because you haven't dealt with healthy conflict and you don't see the value of coming up against someone whose opinion is different than yours, who doesn't like you, and that not meaning it's the end of the world for you. Because listen, honey, not everyone's going to like you. I am not everyone's cup of tea. And I get that. I cuss. I'm abrasive. I'm brutish, right? I'm loud. I'm big. I take up a lot of space. That is not for everyone. Some people need a soft delivery. They need nurturing language. That's not me. And I'm okay with that. I'm not for everyone. That wasn't always the case. So if you have found yourself identifying with a lot of these traits and you're like, oh, my God, this is so this is what's going on. This is my big problem. This is my issue. And all the light bulbs and fireworks are going off. Don't worry. I've got you. I've got five tips on how to stop people pleasing. But first, another set of housekeeping. 
Welcome back. Thank you so much for hanging in there. I know this is a long episode, but this is some really great content that I feel like is going to really help a lot of people who have been in that washing machine, that cycle of dysfunction and not having the right words and the right examples of what it is. I know for me, until I actually discovered what it was and really started digging into it and doing my own work, I had no real point of reference as to like, what was wrong with me? And even though it's not like something's wrong with you, it's just something to work on. And the end goal when you're working on this is to get to a place where you value yourself enough that self-care is your priority. That's the end goal. I'm not I'm pretty transparent with what my mission statement is and what I'm about in this podcast. It's pretty simple. I'm just trying to help other people that may be in that cycle that I was once in get to the other side and see how awesome it is out here. All right, so if you've identified with a lot of these issues with people pleasing and you're really looking for some ways like how do I stop this? How do I, you know, get out of this people pleasing cycle? Well, I've got you. I've got five tips on how to stop people pleasing all the time now that we know why it's so bad for us. Number one, you got to learn to say no. Goes back to the reason why this is, is this is the number one trait of people pleasers. You can't say no. It is not our jobs to make other people happy, and conflict is not the end of the world. you got to learn to say no, and how you learn to say no is you just practice. You practice. You redirect. Thank you for the invite. I'm sorry I can't make it. I would really love to do that with you sometime, but this weekend's not good for me. You know, you got to get some phrases going, something that's that's in your own voice. I've got my own voice. You should have your own voice. But learning to say no is extremely important if you want to learn to stop people pleasing. Number two, you need to reduce how critical you are on yourself. Now, notice how I, I didn't say you got to stop criticizing yourself because we're not perfectionists here. This is not that kind of podcast. But I, I would guarantee that you probably give so much more leeway to other people but that you hold yourself to like an impossible standard. I'm just guessing here because if you're listening to a podcast about self-care, that's probably something you're working on. So reducing how critical you are on yourself and how you do that is you just start to notice when you're criticizing yourself. You don't got to sit there and turn it around and make like happy flowery affirmations. That comes later. But really, if you want to reduce how critical you are about yourself, you just got to start noticing when you're doing it. And the act of just noticing it, shining the flashlight on it, that is actually going to help you reduce it. Because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Number three, you're going to want to turn off the noise. And I don't just mean the audio. I mean that bigger outside noise that's surrounding you, like like social media. Take a break. You know, if you're on social media a lot, there's a lot of messaging within social media that is going to make it seem like people-pleasing is a good thing. And like, you know, wanting to have friends is a good thing and wanting to be at all the parties is a good thing. But you really need to take a break and work on what are the priorities for you? How do you make self-care your priority? You got to take a break or you're not going to see it. And and when I talk about turning off the noise, I mean, you know, stop listening to what others want. You know, your ears perk up when someone's like, oh, man, I don't have gas money to get to the store today, right? And you're like, ooh, I have a car. I can take you, right? Stop listening to that. Just catch yourself in the moment. And in that same vein, don't ask for advice. Right now, when you're focusing on making self-care the priority and transitioning from chronic people-pleasing, don't ask for advice. 
do what you know works for you and just quiet it down a little bit. That's all you need. You just need a quick little break from the way it's been and it'll help you to see how bad it's been. Number four, you got to prioritize what you want and you do that by setting goals. You got to make sure that these goals are realistic so that you can actually stick with them and get a stackable win, right? So if your goal, like if if self-care to you is sleep, right? That's the number one thing. When I ask people, what do you do for self-care? Everyone says sleep. So if sleep is a priority to you, that's something you want to do for self-care, then You've got to learn to set a realistic goal. Okay, I'm going to go to bed 10 minutes earlier than I did last night, or I'm going to sleep in 10 minutes later than I did this morning. That's how you set realistic goals so that tomorrow, when you go to bed 10 minutes early or you wake up 10 minutes late, you got to win and it feels good and you make, it makes you want to do it again and again and again. That's how you change. And number five, last but not least, on my way to stop people-pleasing, stop the chronic people-pleasing, is that you're going to want to work on building up your confidence. Okay, that sounds really complicated, and I get it. We could unpack that in a whole podcast, which, BT dubs, I do. You can find it on my website. It's at www.selfcareissexy.com. Just type in the word confidence on the search bar, and you'll find like five episodes where I talk about exactly how you build up confidence, because that's such an important key. But it's really not that complicated. The easiest way to do it is just you've got to do it. You've got to remember that building your confidence is something that's that's important to you. All right, and I'll share with you some ways that I use to build up my own confidence because this, this was really important to me in the very beginning of my self-care journey. I started out with buying myself like a really nice outfit, trying to look good, like at full price. I wasn't just looking for like what's on clearance. I wanted something that fit well. And I was really trying to channel like a boss bitch, right? And really get something that looks good, something that I would look killer in. And that really, really helped me. Now, I know that shopping can suck and it's hard to build confidence when you're not you know, good at shopping, you can just take a friend or, you know, there's tons of shows, what not to wear. You can YouTube it. It's an old show that gives you ideas on how to build outfits, but really making yourself look good, really prioritizing how you present to the rest of the world. It really does build a lot of self-confidence. Um, the other thing I did was I, I really set really small and achievable goals. It's like I was just saying, you know, you, you want to set goals that are easy to reach so that you can feel good. But for me, I, you know, I started I started with doing 5Ks. I really enjoy running and walking and jogging. And I started doing like the Shamrock Run and there's the Jingle Bell Run and like all kinds of 5Ks. You can just look up on the website, find find some stuff in your area. There's all kinds of fundraiser 5Ks, things like that. And it just helped me feel really confident about myself every time I completed one. And I didn't die. I haven't died. I haven't died yet. (laughs) Thank God in a race. Uh, But every time I crossed the finish line, I got a little bit more confident about myself. And um, I used reading. Reading was a huge deal for me in the beginning with building my self-confidence. I've had a problem with spelling and, and grammar and, and reading. And so I really just focused in on finding books that I liked, finding stories that I enjoyed, uh, which for me, I'm a big nonfiction reader. I have a hard time with fiction. But what I'm getting at when I talk about building up your self-confidence is really just finding things 
to do for yourself that make you feel good about yourself. Because self-confidence, building your self-confidence is about feeling good about you. So you got to know you. You got to know what's going to make you feel good. That takes a little bit of work, but it's absolutely worth it. All right, I'm going to go through that list one more time. How you can stop the chronic people-pleasing. Number one, learn to say no. Number two, reduce how critical you are on yourself. Number three, turn the noise down. Number four, prioritize what you want. And number five, work at building up your confidence. Super important. All right. It's been a long one, my friends. Thank you for hanging in there. The last little segment, just a few more minutes left. I want to talk about specific self-care ideas to heal from chronic people-pleasing. So we know why it's bad. We know what it is. We've identified if it's something we need to work on. And we've talked about ways we can stop being a people pleaser. Now I want to go one step further, and that is for the people that are working through people pleasing and you want some self-care ideas. So real quick, I'm just going to run through this list. It's on my website. If I go too fast, you don't need to stop what you're doing to write this down. You can always check it out. It's in the show notes as well. But everything's always at my website, www.selfcareissexy.com. Some self-care ideas specifically for chronic people-pleasing healing. You want to buy some body products. That's a good way to really, you know, I mean, it's important. Taking care of your, your body, your skin, your face, all that stuff, really important. A good book to read is The 12 Rules for Life. If you've not read it, it is fantastic, not just for people pleasers, but people working on themselves in general. Um, Take care of yourself as if you're taking care of someone else. Start putting that energy that you put into these randos in your life and, and put it right back on yourself. Number four, start spending some time outside. Being outside is super important for healing that chronic people-pleasing. When you're outside, you're disconnected. You can breathe. You can feel the air. It's very healthy. Uh, I recommend it at least once a week. Number five, if if taking care of yourself means letting someone else down, let them down. Another self-care idea for chronic people-pleasers is dry brushing. If you've not heard of it, look it up on the internet. Super healthy, super good. You could bake yourself a little tasty treat, which the act of actually baking something for yourself, that's the self-care. Like, yeah, eating something tasty is always fun. You could buy it at the store. But it's the act of baking it yourself, figuring out what you want, getting the ingredients, putting that energy, that time, that effort into you, that is the self-care. You can try CBD waters. These are great alternatives to alcohol, and it's something that can help you feel better, give you different physical sensations, take you out of your head for a little bit, all kinds of options. You can just look it up. And last but not least, plan a day trip adventure just by yourself. We've talked about this multiple times on the show. Being alone is a really good act of self-care, and if it freaks you the fuck out, that means you need some self-care. You should be able to be alone with yourself and not freak out. Um, my self-care adventure today, I'm actually going to go to McMinimins. If you're here in the Portland area or the Pacific Northwest, McMinimins is a chain of restaurants that does this really cool passport adventure. So I'm headed out to a McMinimins to grab one of my stamps. Um, but you can just make up whatever, whatever day adventure sounds fun for you. But most importantly, you want to undo the chronic people pleasing because you want to support yourself. You want to learn to reconnect with yourself. You want to include celebrating yourself, hyping yourself up, and letting go of what others think of you, and letting go of the guilt and the shame that you've been putting on yourself, and letting go of getting your self-worth from what you do for other people. 
because I'm here to tell you, friends, you deserve all the self-care in the world just for existing, just for being here. All right, friends, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining me. If you have a story you'd like to share and you want to be on the show, please email me. It's Chris, K-R-I-S, at selfcareissexy.com. We've got some really great content coming your way, so stay tuned. And remember that self-care is sexy. We're giving you permission to put yourself first. <laughs>